ghosts are horny. Spooky. <laughs> Revisiting female violence. <laughs> that could be any of these episodes. I, I hate to bring up bugs. <laughs> Once again, I have to bring up bugs. Six quick and easy steps for your common demon summoning. I accept this headcanon. Liberal propaganda. Damn cucks. This is a John Winchester hate zone. Could have had mm-hmm. Killer Optimus Prime and he had to be racist. To be fucking racist. Persqueeter. <laughs> And welcome to On the Road with Supernatural, the podcast where we watch and discuss Supernatural episode to episode from the beginning. I'm Jasper Graydon. I'm Jordan Grimm. And I'm Allie. And we'll be your hosts for this Monster of the Week journey through American folklore and Christian mythology. So all three of us pretty much believe in like all kinds of supernatural stuff, just like across the board, all sorts of different monsters and magic and things like that. Although I feel like we do try and remain somewhat skeptical. We're not yeah. just like, oh, absolutely, mm-hmm. sure, all of it exists. But what is, like, the one thing it would take, like, so much convincing? And up until that point, you're just like, no, there's no way this is real. Oh, it's a tough one. Because, for one, I can easily be convinced. But the one that I struggle with is the Loch Ness Monster. Oh my god, shut up. Oh. Fuck you. That's what I was going to say. Now I have to think of oh, something else. I'm so sorry. No, go ahead. It's fine. It's just the speaking order fucked me again. Ugh. Reason <laughs> is, is mostly just the size. How like can you hide something this big? Right, in a lake? In a lake. That's what I'm saying. It just doesn't make sense. Um, I will say, though, I do love the Loch Ness Monster. Total skinny legend. Neck for the gods. Exactly. Love her. I hope you're real. I have a feeling that she's also a lesbian. Oh, totally. I heard a theory about her the other day. Do you all want to hear? Absolutely. Always. That she's actually the ghost of a dinosaur. That would be fucking cool. Oh, my God. Like, fucking Littlefoot's mom. Yeah. Just (laughs) tramping along. Damn, could you imagine haunting this earth for billions and billions of years? She's probably really bored. Yeah, honestly. (laughs) Though I guess we don't know what dinosaurs' brains are like. Maybe she's just happy just sitting in that lake. All dopamine. (laughs) All dopamine, baby. (laughs) Wanna trade? (laughs) (laughs) All right, Allie, what about you? I'm gonna get flack for this. Yeah, you probably will. Because not only do I not believe in it, but I actively hate... Mm-hmm. this creature and think it is the dumbest thing i've ever if you heard. say the mothman we're gonna fight nah i thought about it to make you <laughs> mad um but mine is unicorns oh yeah i am it's so fucking stupid first of all like yeah other animals have horns but horses don't get over it and also like the whole thing like unicorn blood is sacred unicorns are magical let's just look at unicorns and like draw them on pretty sunsets i'm like this is all so stupid i want dark creepy things Ooh. i don't want sounds like you're reacting against some um typical femininity forced upon you by society which is funny because i love femininity and like flowing dresses and all this stuff but when it comes to unicorns i'm like fuck them Allie's over here like i don't need none of that lisa frank bullshit none of it what about you, Jasper? Well, see, I'm still thinking because, mm. you know, Nessie was the one. Um, Is shit. there any that you think might be real oh. that, like, you're, like, really on the fence about? What about fairies? 
we've been over it with fairies though where i'm pretty sure like fae experiences and alien experiences and like bigfoot Ooh. and all of that crap is like the same thing like that's a whole different i mean it would take some convincing for you to get me to think that like fairies like a little bit of pixie dust was any real <laughs> i really don't think that's real just for i want but... you to talk like that all the time it's just the antithesis of you as a person Today's episode is Season 2, Episode 13, Houses of the Holy, the one where the boys worship at the altar of Spongebob. This episode was written by Sarah Gamble, our girl's back to redeem herself. (laughs) Get it, Sarah. And directed by Kim Manners, and originally aired on February 1st, 2007. Um, Were you pleased with Sarah this time, Jordan? I was. Tell us all about your religious trauma, Sarah. The previous one that we really like from her is Faith. Also have to say, one of the reasons my favorite monsters is ghosts is because of how you can play around with ghosts so much compared to other monsters. Yeah, this was a great ghost episode. Yeah, after all of my complaining that they're like, too many ghosts, too many ghosts, I'm like, Sarah gave us a ghost that I liked. Yeah, thank you, Sarah. Um, I also liked this cold open. Oh, yeah, the cold open is very good. So good. Do we want to talk about this now so we can put it to rest? Because I immediately got X-File vibes. Yeah. Which just this intro as a whole from like the music, the whole um kind of a human experiencing something supernatural that people don't believe. Just very interesting. I think the way the angel is depicted was very reminiscent of some of the alien encounters yes. in X-Files. And... um. This will be the last thing we say about X-Files. I apologize, Allie. But the whole <laughs> dynamic between um, Dean and Sam in the beginning after the cold open is a very Mulder Scully thing. Yes. Um, you know, the the one who's normally less skeptical and more into, like, the nitty gritty of it being the one who's very skeptical mm-hmm. in this particular situation. Whereas usually the the skeptical one is like, well, I don't know. And in this case, it's like religious faith. Yep, here we go. Yeah, this episode is so infused with um, (laughs) the feel of X-Files that if you are a particular fan of this episode of Supernatural, that's a show I would recommend to you. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Scully definitely has the Sam vibe in this episode, for sure. She's deeply Catholic. Yes, that's funny that this reminded you of that because this the angel specifically and how they depict it reminded me very much of the Simpsons when Mr. Burns is glowing in the woods. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I'm down. Okay, but everything everything reminds me of the Simpsons though. Tell me. This is really yeah. well because I think it's just because The Simpsons spoofs like fucking everything. Everything, everything yeah. So, but it had like the glowing outline. Oh of my god, Mr. yeah. Burns. It just was white instead of yellow. Not to go on like a crazy tangent, but that one person who did the cosplay of Mr. Burns glowing in the woods. <laughs> oh, it was amazing. If I want to die laughing, I just look at her. What is a cursed cosplays? Yeah, cursed cosplays. Oh. That's the one. Okay. Anyway, anyway, getting way off topic. While we're still talking about the intro, I did want to rec- like ask you guys something and mm-hmm. see if I'm off sure. base. But um, especially with this episode, kind of having to do a little bit with like 
Sam's need for redemption. Yeah. Did this intro for you kind of feel like they were trying to make remind you of the actual intro of Supernatural itself? I kind of saw like parallels of like being in the house with like chaos kind of going and like you're expecting like a big burning demon oh, or something. Oh, you mean like the pilot episode. The pilot, yes. You know, I wouldn't have thought of that, but that's an that's an interesting parallel to draw. Mhm. I I am more wrapped up during this cold open with like the um the, like the primal yes. nature of it with the earthquake and like the electricity crackling yeah. and stuff like that. I love that her name is Gloria, by the way. Yes. I, they love to play with the names here and there. And I know it should be like on the nose, but I think maybe I'm not bothered by it here because they don't bring it up. They're not like Gloria, really. Yeah, it's just kind of like a little one-off nod. Yeah. I love the vibe of like the um, televangelists. Yes, mm-hmm. I love the vibe of the. I love the vibe of the televangelists too because it really does have um, a similar feel to faith in that yes. way yeah. with the um, the preacher in a tent. Yeah, <laughs> kind of deal. And um, sorry to keep dissecting this intro, but it does play into this next scene. No, I mean it's good. Yeah, and it's um, a good cold open. Oh, for sure, and like the need for Sam's kind of redemption, which is a theme we've gotten through season two. Um, I liked having the televangelist on the television, and where Sam was chosen by a demon, Gloria was literally chosen by an angel, and she also had that kind of want for redemption. Is kind of what I read into this. Yeah. With the televangelist on the screen. Um, I did have like kind of one small issue and it kind of plays into the fashion. If we're ready to talk about the fashion in the scene. I would love to talk about the fashion. Before I get into Gloria, Sam's freaking sneakers. Did you see them? Yeah. That was like, are you a Harlem Globetrotter? Where did those come from? I have no fucking clue. I think they just needed some white shoes. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, though, Sam and his little white scrubs, he was so cute. very cute. I was trying not to talk very much while we were watching the episode, but I was like, Sam. Yeah. Like, immediately. And this little flippy hair thing. He's adorable. Little guy. Glorious outfit but a little more buttoned up is what I wanted to wear all of middle school. Yeah, that's just basically what people wore. And I like yeah. thought that was so funny that that's how she was dressed because I'm just yeah. like, oh, yeah, of course, because she's got smudgy eyeliner and her bra's sticking yeah. out. Like, oh, yeah, and definitely they, a sex worker and not just some lady living her life. Yeah, I didn't like them. That was just a very small issue I had with this episode is mm-hmm. I didn't like how they use clothing to show her as a sex worker in comparison to someone who's quote unquote been redeemed or so she yeah, thought. Yeah, there, there was like a um a color difference there too. And I mean like yeah, it's because she's in a psych ward, so they have everything looking very white and pristine yes. and she's not wearing a lot of makeup and she's just in basically hair. like yeah yeah she's basically just in like uh pajamas or whatever so there's that but it does also have the effect of making her look like more i don't know innocent i guess like just being cleaned up Mm -hmm. i don't know and like the idea that people who do sex work is like they're like dirty or something or in need of redemption innately yeah, I would Dislike. have thought it was way, would be way more interesting if she had some other things she needed to redeem herself from. Yeah. Because she looked more like what I'd imagine an alcoholic to look like. Right. 
Right. Which and I mean, we definitely not in control of their their themselves in general. Like, right. She had pretty big, nice looking home. Yeah. Gotta say, yeah. better than I got. And yeah, they kept on being like this bad neighborhood. I'm like, her house looked nice. Yeah. And the neighborhood looks really nice. Yeah, the neighborhood just looked like a typical like Pennsylvania neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love the conversation they have here because, and, and I feel like a lot of the conversations throughout the episode are sort of the same conversation, but like we're checking in with people's opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's talking about you know the angel chose her for redemption and like showed her god's will or whatever and sam's very like was god's will to kill somebody like there's no way that's totally wacky and i just i love the evolution of that idea through the episode so i wanted to point it out that it really does start right Right at the beginning And I love that they start with the guilty to his deepest foundations, which we find out means more later. Um, But it's just immediately drawing on that idea of, like, who is a moral character and immoral and, like, can someone be saved? Yeah, exactly. All right. So now we get to the next scene where we find Dean in the massage bed. I love that. Little ADHD things. Like, the level of trying to stimulate the mind here that's yeah. going on just like the music blaring and like how long has he been feeding quarters into that fucking yeah. bed have you seen there's this tiktok that's like my mom when she walks in on me when i have the phone in my mouth blasting music trying to scratch my last brain cell <laughs> <laughs> no but that is what this scene was i agree <laughs> I also like that they're like in a love motel. Yeah. <gasps> Makes me laugh. It was a great. Right. Yeah. Okay. They have those like cutouts of women that you'd see on the back of trucks. Yeah. Yeah. Divider. Yeah. But even better behind them on the bed, you just catch a glimpse. It's the portrait of a woman in a similar position, but she has 3D fake pasties. I did not notice that, and that is the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. They dangle. They're of a completely different material than the painting. I imagine oh they my God. got, like, a nude painting. They're like, we have to cover this up somehow. Yeah, that's literally what it looks like. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Like, tassels? Yes. Oh, shit. It's that's amazing. hilarious. That is hilarious. The one time I'm not paying attention to set design <laughs> things, of course. And Sam doesn't um, make this remark about what dean's doing now although he he does say that he finds it like weird and kind of disturbing yeah he's like it makes me uncomfortable yeah um but i love what he says in a later scene when he comes back and dean is like do you have quarters he says you're like a rat in one of those experiments where they push the pleasure button instead of the food button until they die and i'm like if that isn't just the definition of being adhd i don't know what is yeah can't get that serotonin gotta find yeah, it yeah like gotta gotta get it and especially for dean who's like cooped up in there yeah because it's been shown that he's like a go-getter and i do like that they did reference him being on the run and that's becoming like a yes we love some continuity between yeah, our episodes absolutely you can't just waltz into a government facility dean so yeah, then we start to get a conversation about the murders themselves yeah um of course, Dean does call Gloria a quote-unquote crazy hooker. Um, oh, my God. They were like, how many times can we use the word hooker yeah. in this episode? And I'm just like, we get it. Yeah. You think that sex workers are immoral. 
at the writers. Um, but this is kind of where we get the first of the kind of um, talk about the boys' relationships with mm-hmm. their individual faith. Right, um, yeah. Which I do like where Dean does start to... Sam is like, this could be an angel. Dean, He's there like, are no why such things as angels. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he says, I believe in what I can see. Yes. Um, which I like. It's a very visceral stance for being in a world where you're literally... Yes, yeah, surrounded Superman. by yeah. yeah, but the thing is that they see those things mm-hmm. and they interact with them. And Absolutely. I really, I love the idea that something that has like the more um, information there is about something, the less likely it is to be real. Yeah, I also like the idea of um, what this implies about Dean's thoughts on Sam being evil or not, because he's like, I can only believe, I only believe in what I see. Sam's actions and like some warning signs might point towards him like being like Sam might be evil. I think on the other side of that same coin though tons of stuff that Sam does point in the opposite direction. Yes. I agree. I just think it's a like a sprinkling and I think it's something that could build. If this is something we know about Dean it'll be interesting to see his views as like uh, things happen. Yeah exactly. The evolution of Mm -hmm. how he feels about sam's so-called destiny almost said sobriety sobriety it's about evilness they never deal with sobriety in this show although they should have i do have one thing i want to point out they're like dean you can't leave this hotel or motel dean you can't leave this motel you'll be noticed and then they drive the same motherfucking car Oh, I know. They'll never get rid of that car. Okay, but I want them to to see them when they're on the run in a Camry. <laughs> like, okay, but that would be the best way to like blend in. Blend in mm-hmm. would be to get a like a ninety four Camry, cobalt blue mm-hmm. four door sedan of some yep. kind, and just exactly. switch it out because everybody has those fucking cars. But, of course, you know, the Impala is iconic. It's their car. Yeah, they have to. But also, it would be funny. Um, So, I guess this is when they start making parallels. Previous murders, they're going to go and um, investigate. Yeah. And um, talking about the guilty to his deepest foundations, Mm -hmm. which they bring up again when they're like, oh, maybe they meant literally the foundation of the house. Which I thought was a funny thing. I think they do tend to take... And we've talked about this in other episodes before, but like when side characters are being metaphorical and they're like, but what if it was literal? Like in Croatoan when the one lady was like, and then they had the devil in them. And they were like, but what if it was literally the devil? (laughs) And here they're like, what if it was literally the foundation? But here I really like it, though, because I feel like um, going down into the basement like that to search for evidence of evil feels like a descent into hell. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Especially given that the contrasting content of this episode is so focused on heaven and the holy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, kind of nice. I do like the parallel there, too, like you were saying of hell, especially not only are they going down into metaphorical hell, the person who did this, put this person through hell, is probably now in hell. Mm-hmm. Good. So, yeah, exactly. I want to point out here, let's, we'll keep track of the kinds of criminal acts that are being targeted, the yeah. kinds of criminal acts that are being targeted. And this first one is um, clearly the captivity and murder of women. 
Yeah. Um, from the scratches on the wall, we can tell. Um, there was, like, the fingernail embedded in it. It's hard to and tell. I don't have fingernails. Yeah. It looked like it was an acrylic, yeah. actually. I was kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I know you were kidding. I was more correcting myself because they're like, it's a fingernail. And I'm like, mm, that's a press-on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when they said it, I was like, to be if fair, you rip a fingernail Dean off, and Sam might not know the difference. True. True. You know, like, both of them are smart, but... But also. But also, Yeah. My next notes have um, just a couple of the references that were made in the episode written down. At some point, um, Dean makes some quip about Roma Downey, which is a reference to um, Touched by an Angel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's an actress in that. Um, and then the second person, Zach, who is visited by the angel in the episode, the angel quote unquote, mm-hmm as we know, has a comic laying on his stomach, which is Theseus versus Cannibal, which isn't a real comic. I think it's just a set piece. But it's so prominently featured that I wondered what y'all thought its significance might be. Because um, Cannibal is just referring to the Minotaur because it is a cannibalistic monster. So what I kind of read into this was... um So obviously Theseus himself never was like out for redemption. He did these six labors to Mm -hmm. set up and find Athens. So he became a hero. It's kind of just the journey of becoming a hero. And I wonder if um, that was Zach's desire to be a hero, but unable to achieve that. Yeah, that was my takeaway as well. And I wondered if, because this is the um, last visitation before Sam's, um, we're supposed to extrapolate some of that desire from Zach to be like this big heroic figure instead like a vanquisher um onto sam not just in the episode but in the long term of this uh this particular story arc i actually looked into this and have a bit of a leap but i think it's still relevant we love it we love it so one thing about theseus is that he also offers heracles a way out for his own redemption because Heracles murdered mm. his family. Oh, yeah, and true. And is going to kill himself. And Theseus is specifically like, no, you don't need to. And there was a quote from the article that's linked. Um, and it says, absolution can replace destruction because friends can replace family. And I also think it's really interesting because both of these cases, it's men offering redemption that they can't really there it's not theirs to offer um theseus can't offer redemption for heracles murdering his family and at the same time like this this um priest is offering redemption through murder itself okay so right theseus is the angel Mm -hmm. in this scenario yeah well and there's also i love that little bit about friends can replace family with um found family being such a strong thematic element of this show overall and maybe less so at this point but Mm -hmm. we still have had those touchstones with the roadhouse and the building (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the building relationship of the Winchesters mm-hmm. with the Harvells and Ash and, of course, Bobby. So I also want to talk about, speaking of queer narratives, and I think this episode has a little bit to do with it. I kind of, like, see this a little bit as a queer narrative, and it might be a stretch, but Sam's obsession 
with finding redemption mm-hmm. for something that is not his fault or something that might not even require redemption just kind of feels like people telling you to correct yourself when you don't need to be yeah to no me. i i i definitely think that's there it, like the whole um personal identity being perceived as something evil when it isn't like sam is not an inherently evil person yeah. but mm-hmm. he's so obsessed with redeeming himself um the same way that someone is gay might yeah have that same sort of religious obsession after the scene with the it's a very short scene with the guy theseus um we get some funky funky action music for their let's climb on a dumpster hop a fence i love the funky action music in this episode oh me too it's so playful and i think we needed that in an episode which has such dark undertones Yeah, I think that's part of why um, Dean's goofiness is really played Mm. up in this episode, despite the fact that it's sort of like the narrative is pretty evenly split Mm -hmm. between them and their um, psyche and everything. True. Yeah, this could have easily been a very traumatic episode and they did good to veer away from that in its toning. Yeah, I agree. At this point has stabbed um, the man. So they go to investigate the stabbing. Uh, and then master hacker Sam <laughs> comes in and he hacks the planet. <laughs> God, Jordan, you're me. He's like, I'm in. And that's when they find the guy who was stabbed was planning to meet up with a 13 year old girl mm-hmm. and most likely abduct her. And this is um, the second time Dean comments on the, the angel slash spirit or whatever. Actually, it's the third time, I think. So the first time, he's like, there's no way there's angels. Then after they dig up the body in the basement, he's like, well, at least he knows his stuff. Mm -hmm. And then this third time, he's like, that's very good timing on the part of this spirit. And I like that they have the very good time. Like, it's very good timing, like that line. And then he immediately, he finds the pamphlet for the church. And it's literally Our Lady of Angels. Our Lady of Angels, (laughs) of course. Old, are there churches, Catholic churches, named like that? Yeah. Okay. There are plenty of um, there are plenty of Catholic churches named for uh, the archangels too. I know that and saints and saints, but I've just never heard one like of angels, plural and in general. Mm. So that was interesting to me. I like it though. It's a good yeah. name. There's a lot of Our Lady of this, that, and the other thing, though. Yeah, I, I've never Our Lady of Mercy. Perpetual and... Sorrow is my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one, too. It's such a good one. I'm trying to rem- uh No, I think it was Sacred Heart School. It was like a longer Ooh. name. But our sister school when I was at Ursuline Academy. Maybe it was Our Lady of the Sacred Heart. Mm-hmm. I think it might have been. That's, yeah, a common name. I'm... I don't know why, but I'm really, really obsessed with the iconography of the Sacred Heart. Just appeals to me very strongly. Mm. Allie's like, that's very unexpected. No, I'm just thinking about Mary Shelley having her husband's heart in her desk for a year after he died. Oh, my God. (laughs) We're like like platonic soulmates, I swear to God. (laughs) Like, I had no idea you were going to say the exact perfect thing to follow up to that i was like how did you just know that that was what i needed to hear yeah every time you think i'm judging you i'm like hmm there's this weird fact too wow made for each other 
So after this, they go to the church. Yeah. And I, they reference the Archangel Michael, and I was pan, I was looking in the background. I'm like, there better be a horny ass picture of the Archangel Michael, and I could not find one. Why horny? Oh, you mean on the internet? No, on the um church mike my no they just had like the classic one where yeah vanquishing he, yeah I with just, his um, lance i love like the mid-century catholic paintings that are just like naked angels smiting oh fainting people with their schlongs out with their schlongs are just like barely covered with like flowing fabric through I the mean, that's what he was i think actually yeah. maybe he had a breastplate but that thing had nipples on it oh, so does. The very um um George Clooney Batman vibe. <laughs> yeah. Fair. I have always loved Saint Michael because my mom went to Saint Michael's church growing up and like their school and everything and outside on High Street in Columbus there's a full huge statue of Saint Michael with sword raised in the air. Hell yeah, dude. Oh, it's so great. So we realize um now that Father Gregory has died on the steps. Of the church, he was yeah. shot for his car keys, is what they say. Um, so it's very rooted in this location, and the idea of death being like at the altar or right mm-hmm. near it is something yeah. that's supposed to be like especially horrific. I I am really interested in this whole scene because it pivots the episode in a completely different direction. Mm-hmm. Like up until this point, we're very like, I feel like. The audience is intended to be a little more on Sam's side mm-hmm. until now when we have all of this evidence, like hard evidence towards a vengeful spirit, you know, like Father Gregory is saying there were no last rites mm-hmm. and that he's been p- praying for deliverance from violence and bloodshed. And that's on top of the fact that we now know that multiple of the um, the victims, victims, quote unquote, that they were members of the church. So now it feels sort of like, oh, well, it was silly to assume that it would be an angel after all. Oh, and so the theming of the episode itself kind of changes at this point. So before we had um, kind of redemption. Um, what does maybe redemption mean? Mm-hmm. Um, who can be redeemed? And then now the theming is kind of a little bit more focused on vengeance and self and like what qualifies someone to be able to enact vengeance kind of like we had talked about in the story of theseus where you had said um Mm -hmm. that uh it was not theseus's Mm -hmm. kind of vengeance to forgive i don't know it's just kind of an interesting yeah it's like who who does get to decide when vengeance is enacted or and who is going to be redeemed and i think Mm -hmm. that with sarah gamble really liking these religious episodes like that is a theme in christianity itself Mm -hmm. too that people struggle with in modern times is like how can people you know use the bible and use religion itself as a weapon i just thought it was kind of an interesting thing to dissect in an episode of supernatural Mm -hmm. absolutely and I think using it as a weapon is exactly what um, was being done in Faith in season one as well. Yes, I yeah. agree. When they go down to the crypt um, to look at Father Gregory's grave, we- and they find the wormwood there, and Dean is like, oh, it's more proof. That's around when Sam ha- is visited by the angel, quote unquote. Yeah. And we once again get um, the 
earthquakey stuff and yeah. all of that. And there's the the cheeky well, cherubs. Yes, the cheeky cherubs. They like, get the mm. super close up. Yeah, with the finger on its mouth. Like who has a secret? It's not me. <laughs> <laughs> it is such a thick baby angel. <laughs> they were all like that. I just don't understand like why zoom in on that one i was so i was like it's so ugly and weird like like, at least really proud of the set design look at it and then after watching doctor who like when i see those angel statues all i can think of are the weeping angels oh yeah so they're 10 times more terrifying than they should be i want a crossover of that oh that would be so good i used to have a computer screen that would change to pictures oh my god Allie, that's terrifying. I and listen, I'm not scared by much, but the idea of something getting closer to you every time you look away from it is just horrible. Yeah, it was like every five minutes it would change just a slightly closer one until it was all the way. Um, with this and Sam's vision. Yeah. I yeah, want yeah, to yeah. talk about religious fervor itself because this is something fascinating. And we have this because um Sam is questioning like should he believe this yeah is it rational for him to believe this and there's also a really difficult thing in mental health which is defining what is religion and what is mental illness mm-hmm. and so there's an article called how do you distinguish between religion religious fervor and mental illness by Nathaniel P Morris which is excellent It starts by saying it's not meant as an insult to believers. The two states of mind can share many similar characteristics. And that's what makes it so difficult. Like in this, like Sam, they have evidence that could make you believe angels. But what's to say it is an angel or isn't or is even something in your mind? Mm -hmm. Um, In 2015, a fake slash satirical news article said that the American Psychiatric Association classifies religious fervor as a mental illness. Oh, that's interesting. So it caused a lot of uproar among Christians who said, like, see, we are being persecuted. So there are also those issues. Um, And the article cited roughly Jehovah Witnesses and the choice to not be treated as is that religious fervor or is that a mentally unhealthy choice? Mm. Which is a really difficult area. And so he goes on to write, in mental health, the satire hits home in many ways. My colleagues and I often care for patients suffering from hallucinations, prophesying, and claiming to speak to God. It's sometimes very difficult to tell apart religious belief from mental illness. The vague nature of how we define religion further complicates it. And this gets so difficult legally, like um, when Scientology was classified as a religion in 93. Now it's not just necessarily like the idea of gods, but also aliens. Right. And things like that. And also this becomes in even more difficult. And I think supernatural doesn't dive into this but it could have and it's interesting to think about like the idea of murder trials like would she be classified as mentally insane right or would she be classified as just religious right and clearly here Mm -hmm. they were like well you're crazy yeah yeah and i'm also wondering how that would change if it were a man or a woman and based on different race and backgrounds Right. It makes it really complicated. 
Um, and there was a news article from 2013 that said, where's the line between faith and delusion between malice and mental illness? And he goes on to say, but we need more to help guide us through the difficult circumstances in which mental health and religion collide. In time, though, perhaps we will. I have faith is how he ends the article. That was on purpose. Yes. It was so good. Um, And just, I think it is such an issue because we can't define what is religion. And if you have a religious experience, who can decide whether that's a sane experience or an insane one? Because that's deciding what you think of someone else's beliefs. And there's also the issue with politics. So as religions and churches in the united states decrease the religious fervor increases Mm. and that also goes into politics as we are seeing today and it's not just religious fervor it's also anti-other religion fervor um like non-western basically non-christian religions um a lot of that is really rooted in um like xenophobia and racism too though Yeah, so it makes it, it adds an even bigger aspect. And so there's also the debate over whether freedom of religion means freedom for religion. Like, is that religion itself kept safe under these laws? Like, what, what do we have to protect? And this isn't something new. So do you all know Julian of Norwich? No. God, that sounds familiar. She was pretty much a queen in medieval Europe. And was obsessed with blood and Jesus as a woman. Oh. That's why this sounds familiar to me. Yes. She gay. Uh, yeah. And she was always like obsessed with the idea of blood and body as sacrifice. Um, And I believe, I might be wrong, but I believe she's the queen who would like make herself bleed to show that she was closer to God. Right. Yeah. And so, and that one, honestly, like, she would also starve herself. Um, so that one very much seems very close to mental illness. Um, but you can't, like, how do you say, is she divine? And there's this article called Bloodletting as Recreation in Medieval Europe. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and it's about how a lot of, like, seminaries and religious practices were not just tied to, they were tied to bloodletting and bloodletting wasn't just for health but it was also seen as getting closer to god yeah well and i mean and that makes a lot of sense it makes you woozy and weird <laughs> when you're low on blood but i mean if you thinking about it fasting is still a major part yeah. of most major religions too depending on the time of year yeah and julian of norwich had a vision from god and that's what like it sent her deeper into all of this uh-huh. so it is it's just so fascinating to look at, like, what do we believe? What makes us believe these person versus other people? And, like, how do we appropriately look at this? There's no, like, neutral stance. Well, I'm going to call everyone who's had a religious experience ecstasy boy and offer them glow sticks. <laughs> Aladdin. I like that. That's a good way of dealing with it. Yeah. Like, you had that vision, but also seems a little trippy. <laughs> dean core things yeah i do um kind of like here with kind of the fervor we have to think about like who's the victim in this episode mm-hmm. because the uh, yeah obviously they they make a point to say that the people who 
did go to the mental wards for murders are the victims and they're mm-hmm. the ghost was wrong for that because they're the ones who are suffering but also they were of course compelled mm-hmm. to kill but they also weren't forced and it was just kind of a weird line to think about Yeah, I mean, to what extent is this altered state of mind that the spirit is is, uh, influencing them with a form of coercion is a question. We didn't get to find out either since Sam wasn't able to be with his target. So, kind of interesting. I fucking love the ambiguous nature of this episode um, because I think I'd be offended if they had taken a stance on religion or, like, what is right. I think they leave so much up in the air that, like, being human is has a morality tied to it naturally in some sense and we can't all be perfect and there's no easy distinguishing who's the victim, who's the perpetrator. Right, exactly. Unless you're a major asshole. (laughs) Those people definitely deserve to get stabbed. It was just like, you know. Yeah, I put the message, men suck. And then I drew a barfing emoji. Do you want to see? I love it. I do love it. So before, so Sam sees the angel. Yeah. And before all of the car shenanigans and everything, is this when we get the conversation about their mother? Yes. It was great. I love this scene. Jensen, <laughs> I need to look at your brain. <laughs> it's just, uh, he's just so good in it. And Sam uh, and Jared, too. I think, like, that face he makes when Dean first brings up their mom, it's, like, so clear that they never talk about her, yeah. just from the look on his face. And I'm just so, like, I don't know. I'm so, like, touched by this whole moment. It hurts, but I love it. It's so good. I really like the um, why didn't you tell me because there was nothing to tell line. Yeah. It just kind of shows how much like this has been a struggle um, Dean's whole life because Mm -hmm. he was alive to see his mother get murdered where Sam would have been a newborn. Right. Six months old. Yeah. Six months old. So their perspective of this is going to be so different. Right. Exactly. And I I think uh, some some dialogue that I highlighted um, was Dean telling Sam, you have faith like our mom did. Mm-hmm. She used to tell me that angels are watching over us. And it was the last thing she said. Ooh. And then like the, the, but there was nothing protecting her. Well, yeah, there has to be something yeah. said about, yeah, angels are watching over us and then a literal death by demons. It's right. Just, immediately yeah. after. That I probably would not believe in angels either. Yeah, for real. I think Dean does a really good job of conveying the type of person that's kind of been burned and then turned against religion too like whether you believe in religion or not there's definitely a group that have faced tragedies and then had to turn their back and i i think the brothers themselves do a good job of portraying the one who has that hope and then how the other is almost envious right that that person is able to have that hope and faith right exactly it reminds me a lot of um something wicked in season one Ooh. at the end when Dean is remarking that he wishes that Sam could go back to not knowing about monsters. Yeah. 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 Like there's almost a sort of innocence that he associates with mm-hmm. Sam's faith. I I like how he concludes this conversation by saying that the perks of their job is that they don't have to operate on faith. And it's mm-hmm. like, I'm not saying all of this stuff to be 
like insensitive or like mean. He's just like, we have hard proof that this is a spirit that is not at rest. And yes. so we should go and deal with that. Like it's, mm-hmm. I don't know. He seems so tore up about it. So I think this is when they go and buy the ingredients. The ingredients for the seance. <laughs> I don't know if ingredients is the A right word, of but salt. <laughs> yeah, some sage, some um, SpongeBob, some SpongeBob. I think usually we'll say spell components. Yeah, components is a better word. Our reagents. Yeah, there you go. I don't like the use of word of the word ghetto here, but what are you gonna do? It's the early two thousands. Although I don't know, I feel like I still see people using that out of turn all it. the time. I like calling this part of the episode "Mystery on Thirty Fourth Street." <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> is that what you were laughing about earlier? That is so much better than this one. Okay. I'm okay. Ali is saving something special for us later, and I'm scared. I feel like three minutes at the end of this was like going insane laughing. <laughs> Yeah. Um, of course, minus uh, the use of the word ghetto, I do like, again, in a really kind of hard thematic episode, they added some kind of levity to it. Yeah. With the SpongeBob With the placement. SpongeBob placement. Yeah. Well, and I also like that it showcases how, um, you know, they don't have a base of operations. They don't always have all of the things they need, so they have to make do with what they can get, yeah. especially when they don't always have the money they need for sure. it either. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I love how this is a smart Dean moment where he drives away from Sam. Yeah. And he's like, Sam, go do the the seance. This is a perfect division of labor. And then you don't have yeah. the risk of Sam becoming evil by killing someone, even if they yeah. deserve it. Yeah. His dedication to um, protecting mm-hmm. Sam from this potential for, like, violence and descent into darkness is, like so compelling he's like i am not fucking letting this happen no way this is the one time where i'm like split the party i'm always like don't split the party but here i'm like yeah Yeah. you did it also that i love the music for this dean segment like it's very like serious and whatever on sam's end and then they switch to the dean uh, side of things and it's like this super synthy bullshit going on 80s yeah It feels so dated, but I love it anyway. Okay, so let's go ahead and we'll talk about the seance in its entirety and then switch over to talking about <clears throat> to talking about the uh, car chase. Um, I do like uh, kind of the awkwardness of Sam getting walked in on. Oh my yes. God, he's like, I can explain. But Actually, wait, no, I can't. <laughs> I can explain. It's a seance. that's what it is (laughs) i would have been like it's a vigil it's fine but they needed for story reasons they needed the father there yeah i love that um little practical effect of like the little spark explosion on the candle i love shit like that it's so cute this conversation um with father gregory makes me so sad he's like Mm -hmm. so convinced that he's become an angel yes it's so hard to watch it's like sad to see them like tell him like no what you're doing is wrong actually props to the other priest though that's just immediately like no this is immoral 
Right. You wouldn't be making this choice if you were an angel. We've got to move you on. Right, right. Although he has this one line of dialogue that really still resonates um, despite everything else Mm -hmm. he's done and said. Um, where he remarks that the rules of man and the rules of God are like distinct and separate. Mm -hmm. And with all the talk of God's will throughout the episode and what that actually is. And I think that's something that, um, you know, in later seasons, we really see reflected as well, like humanity versus um, the holy versus the demonic. Um, and what those kinds of systems look like in comparison to each other. I think this is important. Yeah, I think this might be a good time because it kind of plays into that to talk about um, <clears throat> what I what Sarah Gamble possibly wanted to say about the church mm-hmm. um, through this episode that I was kind of curious about because in pop culture and honestly in reality a lot of times too the perpetrators of sexual violence a lot of time tends to be higher members of the church um yeah 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 yeah. especially in um the catholic church it's seen a lot and this time it's specifically a pastor um enacting violence against sexual deviant people yeah um so i was kind of curious about what sarah gamble was trying to portray through this storyline and i do think um it kind of plays into that i think what sarah gamble might have been trying to say um is that she was trying to separate like almost say like church itself is not bad it's the people who abuse it kind of like this and yeah similar to in faith yeah i agree there was a distinction there between um like true belief and well-meaning uh, tending to members of your church versus the kind of stuff that the pastor's wife was doing, um, like yeah. singling out people whose political stuff she didn't like. See, I just thought it was interesting. I have some thoughts. Yes. I read a lot into this, and I think so a big thing to me is the idea that all the perpetrators were hiding behind the guise of Christianity to appear as good people in the community. And they were actively using that, like that shield of their faith um, to do immoral things, but not be caught or not be known. Right. Exactly. And it's almost like they can convince themselves because the idea of sinning, but then atoning for it. Like if you just pray and confess, then you're forgiven. Um, and then specifically that the people that have the chance for redemption are the ones who don't hide behind that. Right. Even though I don't agree that sex work is immoral, like they depict it here, I think that um, the idea that the people who are not pretending but are living their lives as sinners as who they are are the ones who have a chance to redeem themselves. Right. Says a lot. And then to fold it all together, the idea that the church itself in the face of the church, the priest... Um, is someone who sees his idea of what is right but is inherently flawed to me says that she's implying or I read it as that the church itself is inherently flawed because it is through man and you can't make those justifications on earth if there's anything that can it would be God and that there's no man or entity as in the church itself 
that could make that justification and determine like who gets redemption and what is justice because we know like these people got redeemed by murdering someone so they're so the church forced that on them and right. they biblically wouldn't go to heaven because of murder even if it was justified like it's still murder it's still murder and if they don't atone for it in heaven then they are on earth with their lives locked up after right these acts right um so i just think it says so many interesting things about religion itself and how the church is flawed and while they're not the ones who are perpetrating the sex acts and violence um they are the ones that are enabling almost yeah like hiding the perpetrators yeah. right exactly yeah. that is 100 percent my same read on <laughs> literally all of that content yeah i just like it. i think um the theming of this episode was very strong and there was mm-hmm. like a message that was actually being told which is something that falls flat mm. in a lot of other episodes so yeah well just... and i think part of what makes it work really well is um like you had mentioned earlier the ambiguity of it mm-hmm. it doesn't have any strict answers one way or the yes. other and that makes um that that makes the the points that it is trying to share with us that much more successful yeah it's like there's enough to read into but not being too much where it then like ruins its own logic or message yeah so it's like it's not dead in the water and it's it's where they're like (laughs) introduce a theme drop it and it's not route 666 where they're just like shoving a bad theme down your throat it was nice Thank you for that balance, Miss Sarah. I love that that's our scale. <laughs> right. Dead in the water to Route 66. <laughs> Where are you message-wise? My favorite thing, I think, about... Um, well, I have two favorite things about this, the seance when they summon Father Gregory. The first thing is Sam's face when Gregory appears. His... Wonderful crestfallen expression like oh he's here so it was just a spirit and the second thing is the way that and and father um father reynolds helps with this obviously Mm -hmm. but the way that sam is offering uh father gregory's spirit redemption Mm -hmm. as well by convincing Mm -hmm. him that he is a spirit and he needs to rest Mm -hmm. and that what he's doing is not correct i Again, I think like this is done in tandem with the living priest, but um, I just am so interested in the fact that Sam has a hand in that given how he believes there's something in him that is potentially not redeemable, that he's supposed to be something evil, and the fact that he is helping, you know, a priest to pass on to the next life just feels so, dare I say, poignant. I hate that word (laughs) just by the way (laughs) yeah this scene was so good also like I love a somber exorcism I don't you don't get that like ever yeah it was good yeah it really is normally exorcisms I feel like they're either like gross and Mm. supposed to be scary or they veer towards campy in some way but this is just so yeah somber solemn Mm -hmm. is another another way i would describe it um this is kind of what i wanted from the pilot episode of supernatural when they exercise the ghost who got like flushed you didn't want the the toilet flush noise (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, this is what I wanted. It's like a spirit to realize what has as done, the implications of what it has done. Like that's what a ghost story is all about. Yeah. Right. And it just did it so well here. Right. I want to shout out the lighting in this scene. Um, because specifically the two priests are really well lit and Sam is over one shoulder and he doesn't appear from like chest up and even his shoulders are kind of like fading that if you were to show me this scene, um, I would say Sam was the ghost. Right. Which I think says a lot about it and does a lot when we're thinking about like who is present and like if this even though it's not an angel like this is still a supernatural thing existing like that can go towards religion like it's interesting to me that sam's so crestfallen which it's fair but i'm also like but it, it it's because they're so used to mm-hmm. these like not higher beings but these preternatural occurrences oh. let's uh let's switch gears now to talk about the other half of the episode or the other half of the climax where Dean is uh, chasing the would-be rapist. The extreme action scene. Yeah. Yeah. The car chase itself was a little ridiculous. Like, what was he going to do when he caught up to him? Yeah. Right. I was especially like, um, she had called the police. Dean needed to be as far away from any police as possible. I don't know. I was like, I do, I do love that his first impulse is like, I've got to get this guy. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Especially, like, I was thinking, I was like, at that point, like, the police is called there. They know, she knows who he she is. She knows who he is. They're going to catch yeah. him. But I'm like, I guess you can't trust cops, so. That's true. Yeah, to me, I don't think he knows the situation women go through. Or just people who deal, well, he does hate cops. So I go back and forth. But I do think it would be slightly better if you were like, hey, do you have a friend you could call? Right. Do you have someone who can, like, take care of you and make sure you're safe? Right. I will say, when he pulls her out of the... There's so many, like, little itty-bitty things throughout this um, scene. I love when he pulls her out of the car after (laughs) beating the guy up. And she just keeps saying, thank God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm like... In this episode about what is and isn't God's will, her first words are thank God. That's so, like, interesting to me. And then when the guy is killed at the end of the car chase sequence, um, Dean gets out of his car and he's going to say holy shit. But all he says is holy. The shit gets cut off. And I think we're in a part of um, the series where they don't swear, really. Um, so like it, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it would have been left off anyway, but given the context, yeah. it feels very like intentional. Yeah. 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 I love stuff like that. It just feels, it feels so sneaky and clever to me. All I can think about in this scene, um, it's very graphic. Like it shows a lot of blood and stuff, but where is the perfectly cut Uncrustables from the pipe that stuck through his body? Don't say Uncrustables. Is that what you've been thinking about this whole time? A perfectly circular Uncrustables of human flesh in the back seat. You're disgusting. <laughs> oh, she's so saying it didn't penetrate. It, like, made a little cutout. And the cutout, well, it penetrated. It went through yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's got to be somewhere in the there's back like, seat. There's, like, a little tubey of human flesh in there is what she's saying. Straw. Ew. No, and Uncrustables. 
goodness. You're so weird. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Y'all want my my brain rot for yeah. this episode? It's actually not brain rot. It's supported by the text, but it just feels like brain rot because I al- it's always about Dean when I do this. Mm. So when they f- meet Father Reynolds at first um, and they're talking about angels and what are angels all about, right? And Sam is standing to Dean's right mm-hmm. and points at Dean and is like, that's the Archangel Michael, right? And then they skip over it and they show the painting of mm-hmm. Michael in the background. Yeah. And the priest is like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm, sure is. And so we're looking at this painting, right? And it's Michael with his lance, and he's, like, killing the little devil guy, which might actually just be the devil in that particular painting. It depends on the painting. Sometimes it's demons. Other times it is literally Satan. So Dan is the one who ends up pursuing the rapist guy. Um, There's the thank God moment and Mm -hmm. the holy moment, which I pointed out. And then the, the guy has been lanced with this pole, and Dean says later that he thinks maybe he saw God's will. And I think, like, the fact that it wasn't Dean who saw the angel earlier in the episode, but there's this implication that the angel has still followed yeah. through this space, uh, like, while he is there, is just so, like, <clears throat> and then on top of that, there's the fact that St. Michael is associated with the big old homo sexuality. Yes. So this one, um, St. Michael has been kind of adopted by the gay community. Yeah. Um, and so one part of it is that St. Michael is the defender of, like, all that's good. He's the protector. Mm-hmm. So by having St. Michael associated with people who are gay is, like moving them out of the light of sinner as they used to be seen mm-hmm. um which i'm not justifying it's never been right yeah but it's amazing to see that association and also um so a lot of times he's even more effeminate than other angels yeah so in paintings a question about like sexuality and gender of him and kind of as this very ambiguous but ambiguous defender is like such a great gay icon right slay girl and i'll post the article in it there's a picture um of a <laughs> a guy in almost bondage with wings and a sword love that for him oh yeah he's having a good time plus like a lot of these really muscular angel paintings and stuff were literally gay painters mm-hmm. like michelangelo who would be commissioned by the church to paint this stuff. right they would use their boyfriends yeah yeah as the models like that is real history that's what jesus is modeled after yeah, like model after yeah michelangelo's boyfriend yeah <laughs> i also another headworm that just got in my head when we're watching this they say Raphael, which is how you say it yeah and i'm really mad we don't say Mikhail. oh I wonder if it was ever pronounced that way. It is. In Italian, it is. Like, he's Michelangelo. Yeah. I, I just mean, like, in in, in English. English. I think it was. So it's just interesting to me. And if we said, like, raffle. Raffle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be laughing about that forever. Raffle. Anyway, though. So all of this put together, um, I'm like... This is this is the queer dean discourse. Mm-hmm. It's come back. It's come back. Yeah. 
because the whole episode frames Dean as being um, associated with the Archangel Michael and, Mm -hmm. you know, Michael being adopted by the gay community and also being androgynous um, in depictions of him. Plus, Sarah Gamble, Mm -hmm. again, it's Sarah Gamble, in Faith with Dean receiving the the gay man's heart. True. Yeah, we doubling down over here. Thank you, Sarah. I was really interested by having... So, I thought the end of the episode was literally going to be Dean killing this man for Sam. Mm -hmm. Because there was the parallel of him in the painting. But it was really interesting to see him, like, witnessing it instead. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. That was a pretty cool... I think that's what we were... They were setting us up to think that's what was going to happen. But then to have it... He's just, by chance, maybe, killed that way. And it's so Final Destination, but Final Destination is about, like, this being what the universe needs. And I think you can apply that to religion, and that could be, like, the moment of deus ex machina or, like, um, Michael ex machina. (laughs) (laughs) Mikhail ex machina. Mikhail ex machina. Um, On top of this, I think um, there's this idea introduced earlier in the episode of um their mom saying that angels are looking out for them but in this case dean even says i'm watching out for you to mm-hmm. sam yeah. and it frames uh dean throughout this whole episode as having been sam's guardian angel the whole time oh my god john is everything but so is dean true and this really resonates are you okay jordan I, well just like <laughs> They parallel everything to yeah. John, but they also do to Dean. Yeah. But Dean is John. John is God. John is Satan. Oh. So it's, like, <laughs> it's a lot to process. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and I really like this because we talk about Dean being both the mother and father figure. And I like him being the more androgynous, like, just angel figure. Right, um, yeah. I think that works really well. And when we're looking at this is... Uh, to me it relates with julian of norwich who's seeing christ as both a mother and a father figure and being hell yeah just this provider and protector and i think that fits so well with dean taking on this role i'm really interested the very end when dean is describing the um you know if i hadn't seen it with my own two eyes Mm -hmm. i'd never have believed it and he's like what maybe god's will that thing like his face i can't decide and this might just be because i have a degree of like face blindness bad at interpreting expressions sometimes but it seems very divided like on the one hand it seems a lot like wonder and awe but on the other hand it all he also seems like really disturbed and i i wasn't sure like where that line was um between like the face he was making and like the words themselves and the delivery of them and i wondered what y'all made of that i would make it as shooketh wander (laughs) don't say shooketh well we also have kind of um i kind of want to think into this a little bit to where we talk about like god's will and how dean has been very like anti kind of religion Mm -hmm. and part of that is this destiny of sam possibly being evil and dean not wanting to accept that at any cost even if it means denying god himself Mm -hmm. but sam um who believes in god and wants to be good we now have like 
Dean po- possibility of like believing in God and which could have greater implications of him believing in like destiny and fate. Now it's like, does that also mean that Sam, it's kind of putting like a spotlight on Sam's destiny too. Yeah. 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 So, I thought it was really interesting. It kind of like you got a lot of that between the lines with their yeah. facial expressions. Yeah. Like if this thing was God's will, then maybe mm-hmm. it is God's will that Sam turns into something mm-hmm. yeah. bad. That's interesting because I took it as, like, much more positive. I took it as Dean always makes the sacrifices so Sam can have the luxury of faith. And for the first time, maybe something in the universe did that for Dean. How just completely, like, uprooted you would be if all your life you've been the one to do that and now you have the chance at faith. Right, yeah. I think both of those are totally there. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. That's that's what I love about this fucking episode. It's all there. Including the Lunchable of Flesh. Ew. <laughs> um, so I did want to talk about an earlier scene, just because it made me laugh, where um, Dean is like, there's no such thing as angels back when they were in the hotel, and I, my mind immediately went, aren't you going to be getting fucked by one in a few seasons? <laughs> just the irony. <laughs> It was funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. A spoiler I do know. The <laughs> bottoms for angels. Mm-hmm. So okay, Allie. This week? Yeah. Yeah, actually. I. It's funny you say that because earlier I was like, oh, I think this is the episode that I, like, forgot to come back to and, like, pull up a fanfic for. If there's not a hot priest, I'll be pissed. Yeah, Allie has big priest kink. No, but this is Hot Priest 2.0. 1.0 and better is Fleabag. Oh my goodness, this has a lot of this has a lot of tags. Jesus. Okay. Choose your favorite. Pick your adventure. Oh, this is a good one. Ooh. Is there a priest? Good concept. Uh no. I didn't I didn't simp for Pastor Father Jim Bob. <laughs> Pastor Father Slim Jimmy Jim 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 Jim. <laughs> Only when they're hot. It's because mm. you like your pastors young, dumb, and full of the word of God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but it's so funny. I'll take their word of God. Oh. Okay, so anyway, the fanfic that I picked for this week is called Prophecy of an Abomination. It's by AO3 user Ashitanoyuki, A-S-H-I-T-A-N-O-Y-U-K-I, for those of you who are not good at spelling me (laughs) summary sam wants to be normal sometimes it's harder than he'd like to keep faith in god or a story of religious sam plus power sam culminating in horrifying sam wump with eventual comfort to go with the hurt a character study of the first two seasons that sharply diverges in season two so this is about like a sam that was raised catholic is the basic idea um it is rated m and there's a graphic depictions of violence warning characters we've got sam winchester dean winchester i'm not gonna read all of these um but there's meg john winchester gordon walker kubrick creedy bobby ava andy alan joe ash implied castiel dot 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 (laughs) ruby Additional tags are, and there's a lot, 
so I may not read all of them. Hurt Sam, Religious Sam, Sam-centric, Catholic Sam, Sam has an eating disorder, Crucifixion, Torture, Dissociation, Self-Hatred, Self-Harm, Hurt Comfort, Emotional Hurt Comfort, Angst and Hurt Comfort, (laughs) Sam has Powers, Sam Wump. What's a Wump? Wump is like super bad violence. Oh, Sorry. Um, Sam Wump, Catholicism, Season 1, Season 2, Canon Divergent, Partway Through Season 2, Sexual Assault. <laughs> My favorite is this, these two tags. Can people please not assault Sam anymore? I say as I write Sam Wump. <laughs> okay, and then also Power Sam, Psychic Sam, Minor Character Death, Vengeful Dean, and that's it. And it looks like there's multiple parts to this. Um, this fic has about 4K hits. It is around 88k uh, words, five chapters. Nice. I do like the idea of exploring um, how different upbringings would change the type of adults that Sam and Dean grew up. In. Yeah, absolutely. I I'm really really interested in that, and I actually wish they had leaned harder into the idea of Sam's faith and like Sam and religion in the show. Like it is something that comes up multiple times. I'm. You know, this is the first time we see it, but it isn't the last time. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I, I wonder often about like why John didn't become deeply obsessed with religion, considering all the demon stuff. Are we ready to rate the episode? Yes, yes I believe yes. we are. Ooh. Um. All right. For this, I will say, I don't know if I'm ready to call it my favorite episode so far. Oh, wow. I think I would have to, I would save that for the wrap up, which please listen to our wrap ups. They're a great time. Our season wraps. Yes. Yeah. Um, But I do really like it. I think um, the use of a spirit, especially in this kind of um, more like theological setting. Yeah. It's just really well done. I love the concept of exploring faith between the brothers and how dealing with this monster kind of makes their faith evolve possibly into different ways i like that all of the victims were people who really deserved mm-hmm. it and were the true monsters not yeah well, at least the victims who died true um, yeah we know what you mean the, the yes. ones who were stabbed yes the stabbing victims i will say um there were some little things of course to gripe about obviously with these types of shows this land we're gonna get some slang like ghetto and stuff that i don't like um also, I don't really know what Sarah Gamble was trying to say about, like, sex workers. Mm-hmm. But as a society, we're learning about that stuff and getting better. Um, definitely wasn't egreg- as egregious as how they treat mm-hmm. people of color in the series previously. So I would give this a 4.5 Ali Priest kinks <laughs> out of five. <laughs> I'm a rating. <laughs> what about you, Ali? I have said my piece. No questions, comments, or concerns. This gets a five out of five. Shots to the heart, and God might be to blame. Oh my goodness! Ooh. Wow, that's so good. I love that. I'm really proud. Thank you. Wow. What about you, Jasper? Sorry, I'm I'm still a little stunned <laughs> by how good that was. Um. Yeah, this is a five out of five cheeky cherubs for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like you said, like, there's the things that I kind of like, like, I don't 
they make me make the something is smelly in the room face but I don't know I just think like the complexity of the narratives and ideas that are woven together in this episode really um really overshadow anything Mm. that aggravates me absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah great so I guess I should predict predict predictions Uh, this is getting rough because we're not getting like cliffhangers Mm -hmm. um we still don't know what happened to damn Ava what's Ava doing where is she chilling (laughs) it's been what four episodes now and no word I forgot about Ava (laughs) you forget about everything though (laughs) true truly what's gonna happen they're gonna go somewhere there's gonna be some tomfoolery some buffoonery some monster brie <laughs> i mean i i would hope that would happen in any episode yeah. what how are their what what do you see in the future for their character development how about that Even that's kind of hard <laughs> because like i don't know the ending of this episode had a um just kind of like building up to a greater theme i think mm-hmm. we're going to have to actually address sam's fear of descending into monsterhood mm. um I, maybe we're gonna get gordon maybe gordon's gonna break out of prison um he made a lot of fang references he's probably gonna be a vampire he's gonna get vamped up in prison um <laughs> i love vampy. i love this ongoing prison vampire gang <laughs> theory yes i love it you're pushing yeah so he's gonna be really vampy which means he's either gonna come back as a vampire or a drag queen totally fine either Ugh. way oh wow <laughs> <laughs> I love that. How about both? Yes. Vampire drag queen Ugh. from outer space. We're making it a movie. Wait. That's just Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. So you got it. We're going to get Vampire Gordon. And now he's the monster. And Sam's going to see that himself. And he's going to be even more down in the dumps. Oh, poor Sam. Yeah. But, okay, so you're saying Vampire Gordon and Sam confronting his potential for monstrosity. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Here for it. I'm here for it. Yeah. I'm here for it. Thanks for tuning in to On the Road with Supernatural. Our theme music was composed by Anthony Ployhar, and special thanks to Sophia London for our logo. If you're having fun, hit us up on Tumblr, Instagram, or Twitter at OTR Supernatural, or contact us by email at ontheroadwithsupernatural at gmail.com with any questions or feedback. That's all for today. See you next time in... Oh, I did not. Well, see you next time somewhere. I didn't write down where we're going, so... See you in the ether. Bye.